He literally said those words. He said, I don't know how far you think this social media stuff is going to go, but just so you know, you're not going anywhere and I own you. He literally said that to me. Hey everyone, welcome back to On Purpose, the number one health podcast in the world because of each and every single one of you that are back here every single week to learn, to listen, to grow. Thank you so much for being here. I hope that you heard the incredible conversation that I had with Katie Sackoff last week and Lala Anthony the week before. They truly have some phenomenal stories and insights to tell, and I can't wait for you to hear next week's guest as well. Make sure that you've subscribed, rated, and reviewed this podcast. It means so much to me. And as you know, I'm always looking out for some of my favorite ones to share on Instagram. Make sure you tag me in your posts with your insights about what you're learning and gaining from these podcasts because that helps me deliver more of what you're looking for. And if there are any themes that you'd love me to cover in the Friday topics, any episodes that you'd love to hear, any ideas, anything you're challenged with, anything you're worried about, concerned about, or just wanting to learn and are enthusiastic about, please let me know on Instagram and on Twitter because I'd love to include some of the recommended topics as I'm always trying to do. And that's actually how today's episode came about. I had so many of you sending me messages about this and I had so many of you tagging me saying, please do an episode on this topic. And so here it is. I want you to know that I'm listening, I'm there, I'm present, and therefore I'm creating this podcast for each and every one of you who requested it. So today's podcast is called Seven Ways Successful People Stay Calm at Work and Manage Stress More Effectively. How many of you are experiencing stress or pressure on a daily basis because of your workplace, because of your work pressures, because of the challenges that you're set out by your bosses and managers? And how many of you are wondering how people stay calm? Because you see people who are calm, who are successful, who are focused, despite having the same amount of time in the day, despite having the same amount of pressure at you, what are they doing differently? And for a long time, I realized and studied what people were doing right and what was different about the way that they functioned. And everything I'm about to share with you today is tried and tested. See, everything I share every single week is totally tried and tested. It's things that I've experienced personally, things I've witnessed personally, and things that I've observed in people who have functioned with happiness and success in their lives. And so what I'm going to share with you today are things that you can actually test, actually experiment with, and I really hope that you're going to find one thing, just one thing out of the seven that I want you to try this week. So here we go, and we're going to dive into these seven ways successful people stay calm at work and manage stress more effectively. I want you to listen carefully. I want you to listen closely. Thank you for being present. Thank you so much for your attention. Lou Holt stated, it's not the load that breaks you down, it's the way you carry it, right? We've all experienced that before. It's not the load that breaks us down because we see people carrying heavier loads. We see people carrying loads. We see people doing so much, but it's about the way we carry it. And often we worry so much about lightening the load rather than how we carry it. So much of our life and time and energy gets spent on trying to think, how do I make my life less stressful? How do I carry less load? And when we do that, then we think, well, 
where am I going? Like, I want to find direction and where's my passion and where's my purpose? And now I need it all again. So today's podcast, I'm really focusing on how we carry the load because that's really what makes the difference. So many of us are wasting our time trying to figure out how to lower the load and lighten the load, both of which are important. But the real emphasis, the real focus needs to be on how we're carrying the load. Because guess what? Any meaningful pursuit will always require pressure. Any purposeful objective will always have a little bit of stress. Any great achievement that's been made in the world had stress and pressure as key ingredients. But it was the way that it was carried that made all the difference. When we carry stress effectively, when we manage stress rather than let it manage us, that's when we can create a successful and happy life. So stress is something we all experience, but the way we manage, handle, and deal with it makes the biggest impact on our mental and physical well-being. Now, I really have to share this with you. Research shows each of us is managing around 60 projects at any given time. Now, hopefully you have a lot less than that. I can't believe it that the average is most of us are juggling around 60 to 66 projects at any given time in our personal and professional lives. If it feels like more, I feel your pain. If it feels like less, then feel good about it, right? It's something to be grateful for. Now, this is true too, and I'm sure you experience this every day. We're interrupted seven times every hour and feel distracted for about two hours a day, right? Interruptions in the form of notifications, someone coming over to our desk, right? Needing to drink some water, whatever it may be, we're distracted up to seven times every hour. And for some of us, it's so much more than that. And that distraction not only distracts us from getting our work done, but it creates an irritation, right? It creates a friction in our lives that we then have to work through as well that creates more stress on top of the work we have. And then we feel distracted for about two hours a day. This is because we're trying to make up for that time. You're trying to decompress from the conversation you had. You're trying to process something else. Now think about this for a moment. What are your greatest causes of stress? According to the 2015 Stress in America survey, the top four sources of stress are money, work, family responsibilities, and health concerns. I'm sure yours are probably the same money. We're always worrying about, do we have enough money? Do I have enough money for the future? Do I have enough money for my family? Work, am I going to get promoted? Wow, that person treats me really badly. I'm not connecting well with my coworkers. Family responsibilities. Oh my God, I've got to take the kids to soccer practice and I've got to take them to their birthday parties on the weekend and then health concerns. Am I getting enough time for myself? So these are the four top areas of stress and I'm sure they sound extremely familiar. And most of our stress comes from major life transitions and events like divorce, financial setbacks, death, but even positive moments like weddings and promotions and new relationships can be a source of stress often. At work, our most common cause of stress, guess what it is? 35% of people say it's their boss. Now, I remember when I started working in the corporate world, 
I was just getting into the swing of demonstrating my skills and passions. So because I started my career fairly late on, I actually had a high self-awareness of what I wanted to demonstrate as my talents and skills. And I remember I started demonstrating them and my organization was starting to notice and starting to reward that and starting to encourage me to demonstrate that. But the manager I worked with at that particular time was not someone who wanted to support and encourage that. And when I say that, this is kind of how it went. Actually, this is exactly how it went. One manager wanted me to remain in a role I did not want to be in and actually that I was being headhunted from to move into a different role in the same company. And when he found out about that, he literally said to me, I don't know how far you think this social media stuff is going to go, but just so you know, you're not going anywhere and I own you. For years, we've all suffered through the work week, using weekends and an occasional vacation as the time to heal and relax. But that doesn't cut it anymore. We want to feel good all of the time. That's why Fully exists. Fully transforms the way we feel at work with desks, chairs, and other tools to keep our bodies moving and our minds engaged. Right? He literally said those words. He said, I don't know how far you think this social media stuff is going to go, but just so you know, you're not going anywhere and I own you. He literally said that to me. The crazy thing is, the next day I moved from that role anyway due to higher authorities and I've never spoken to him again. But I remember feeling that pressure and stress in the moment of the fact that a senior person in the organization did not want to support me, did not want to notice the talent I had, did not want to help me bring out the best in me, and literally said that they own me. Now, when I heard those words, the first thing naturally that the mind does is feel scared or feel fear. And then I realized, when you look at that reality, he doesn't own me. Really, whatever he thinks may affect me temporarily, but it can't affect me forever. Now, we have to be careful about this. Your mind believes everything you tell it and everything you let others tell it. Give it love. See, your mind believes everything you tell it and everything you let others tell it. So if you let someone tell you that they own you and you accept that or you become fearful or scared of that, your mind is now accepting that as reality and what you're scared of is a false reality, right? What you're scared of is the potential that someone says they own you and you're not believing that for real because the truth is that can never be the case. No one owns you. And you're not truly dependent on anyone or anything, even if you desperately believe it. At that time in my life, I felt I was dependent on that job, but I knew I was coaching my mind out of that process of believing. I'm not owned by anyone. I'm not dependent on anyone. I'm only dependent on myself. And it's so important that we understand this. We can so get lost in this world of feeling that we're dependent, feeling that we need someone to fulfill us, pay us, and that they're the only way it's going to happen. And that's just not true. Now, when I moved on because of higher authorities, and like I said, I've never spoken to him again. And if I was to speak to him again, I wouldn't do it with any bitterness or any anger. I would actually thank him because it's taught me this lesson that I'm sharing with you today. So this is kind of how it goes. 76% of people say workplace stress negatively affects their relationship at home. 66% have lost sleep due to work stress and 16% have quit their jobs. But let's really analyze stress and look at how stress works. Now, 
I'm sure that even in your life, I was talking about successful people before, and I'll, I'll go back to that, but even in your life, and you're successful too, because you're listening here, you're committing to growth, and you're learning. Like That shows me that you're someone who's wanting to improve and grow, which is the greatest success in life. I'm sure that stress has been a key element in your greatest achievements. If you reflect on happy times or success moments, I'm sure that there's a little stress involved. Even if you're trying to make someone's day or put on the best birthday party of all time or serve someone that you love, there's always a little bit of stress and pressure. Now, there's definitely an upside to experiencing stress. When we experience intermittent levels of stress, it can actually increase our attention, our focus, our passion, our interest, and performance. So actually, intermittent stress can actually cause you to become more effective and productive and creative. This is something we don't give stress enough credit for. When we're put under deadlines, time pressure, some sort of time crunch, and it's intermittent, right? I mean, it's not continuous. That can actually spur us on and boost us to actually perform above and beyond what we experience. I had a mentor that always used to tell me, Jay, when you're in your greatest pain, that's when you'll realize your potential. And I'd always say to him, no, I'm proactive. I'm always focused. I'm always working hard. I don't need pain to spur me on. And then when I got to this place a couple of years ago, where I was literally four months away from being broke, and I didn't know where to go next and where to start, that actually brought out the best of me. I never realized how truly organized, focused, hardworking that I could be until I was put under that pressure. Now, we don't need to wait for that or we don't need to create that, right? We don't need to wait for pain or create pain. We can just be proactive in our growth because pain will come of its own accord. But when the pain of staying the same becomes greater than the pain of change, we have to change, right? When the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change, we have to change. So these intermittent levels of stress, they actually boost us to grow. But if this stress becomes continuous, if this stress becomes long-lasting, that's when we go down from the tipping point and we start going into depression, anxiety, disappointment, you know, degradation, like where our life starts to fall apart, burnout becomes much more common. So when stress becomes continuous, it can lead to a meltdown. So the key is to be able to manage our stress and not be controlled by stress. How can we balance that stress by having enough to push us forward, but not too much that it pushes us over the edge, right? It's almost like trying to climb up a mountain but making sure that the momentum you're rushing up the mountain doesn't mean that you're going to fall off the edge when you get to the top, right? So you're always monitoring where you're at. And I can genuinely say in the last two years, I've consistently been monitoring this for myself. And I know that anytime I've even been close to feeling that burnout or meltdown or any of that could be a possibility, I've been careful and conscious of being aware to pull myself back. And this is what I want for all of you, because this is how the most happy, successful people in the world are using stress to their advantage. Enough to gain momentum, enough to push forward, but not enough to push you over the edge, right? So here are the seven ways successful people stay calm at work 
and manage stress more effectively. The first one is something that you may have heard before, but I want you to put your ego aside and I want you to listen carefully. Focus on what you can control, not what you can't control. Our biggest cause of stress is when we feel things are out of control. The crazy thing about that feeling is a lot of stuff is out of our control. And when you focus on that, you increase your stress because you'll never be able to control it. This emotion activates the stress hormone and if consistent, can decrease our focus, confidence, and our energy. Now, Stephen Covey famously talked about the circle of influence versus the circle of concern in his incredible book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Now, we spend most of our lives in the circle of concern. These are things we can't control, like the weather, the manager we're given at work, work changes in hierarchy, right? Those are things that we can't control. When we talk about these things, when we think about these things, when we discuss these things, we end up feeling more stressed because you don't get more control by talking about them more. But actually, when we live in the circle of influence, that's where all the impact is. Our performance, our network at work, our understanding of key skills required, our speed at learning a new skill, these are things that we can control. And these are the things we give the least energy and time to in the workplace. The most successful people in the workplace are reducing their stress by focusing on what they can control. When we say focus, it means talking about, thinking about, discussing, sharing, learning. If you're constantly focused on what you can't control, that will constantly take away your energy. Now, when I was in an organization, I couldn't control that there were 1,000 people at the same level in my company. And we were ranked against those 1,000 people every single year. So you would literally be ranked from one to 1,000 against those people. A certain percentage would get promoted, a certain percentage would be asked to leave, and the majority of people just stayed in the middle. Now, when I started working, which was at 26 years old, after I lived as a monk, most of the people that I worked with were younger than me. I couldn't control that. I couldn't control the fact that most people were 21, just coming out of college, fresh-faced, young, enthusiastic, more time on their hands, and all their lives to live ahead of them. And I was five years behind, if that's how I saw it. Now, what I realized is, what I couldn't control was that I was five years older. What I couldn't control is that there were a thousand people. What I couldn't control is that everyone was younger than me. But what I could control is that I could use my age, my experience, and all of the learnings and skills I had to my advantage. I could use my age as maturity. I could use the experiences I'd had to demonstrate different skills. And this is when I started to realize everything I couldn't control could actually make me feel like my career was never going to work out, that everything was going to fall apart, that nothing was going to work for me. But actually, everything I could control could make all the difference. And I invested in that. I focused on my performance. I focused on my relationships. I focused on learning. I focused on being enthusiastic and energetic. I focused on building my presence. And when I did all of those things, it made all the difference. Now, step number two. This is something that we underestimate and we usually ignore. Think ahead and expect change. The silliest thing we can do 
is not expect change. Organizations will change, hierarchies will change, structures will change, managers will change, teams will change, work will change. One of the biggest reasons why change surprises us is that surprisingly, we don't expect it, right? One of the biggest reasons why change surprises us is that surprisingly, we don't expect it, which makes zero sense. Change is inevitable. Change is the only thing that's constant. Yet, we expect things to stay the same. Our desire for things to stay the same is a cause for stress. When you want anything to stay the same, you're creating stress in your life because guess what? Nothing stays the same. Even your body is constantly changing. Your mind is constantly changing. You're constantly growing. The cells are changing. Everything about you is changing. Our desire for things to stay the same is probably one of the root causes of our suffering because nothing stays the same. When you accept that, when you think ahead and you expect change and you are constantly changing and growing and learning, you master the ability to be comfortable with change. Now, one of the places where I experienced change effectively in my life was in the same year, this was 2016, I changed job three times, I moved country, I got married, I bought a home, put it on rent, moved into another apartment, all in the same country. Now, I've heard that you should never get married, move, and have a child in the same year. So I did two out of those three in the same year and more with my work and career as well. And changing that often actually made me so open to change. It made me so comfortable with change because when I could change so many things in the same year and still be alive, I realized that change was beautiful and change brought about so much good. Our fear of change blocks us from our greatest potential. And actually accepting and embracing change can be the most amazing thing. So change is inevitable. It's natural. It's normal. But we get so complacent, casual, and stagnant that we think nothing will change. Or we get attached to the familiar sense of things staying the same. Now, when you think ahead and you plan for change and prepare... That makes a difference. I always say when things are going well, that's when you work harder and smarter. That's when you go deeper. When you do that, you're always prepared. Someone came up to me at a party the other day and was telling me that they've recently stopped meditating because things are fine now, right? She was telling me that she stopped meditating because things are good now. And my response to her was, no, this is the time to meditate more to make sure that good stays, right? So when we get promoted at work, or we get to a good position at work, we get complacent, we take the foot off the pedal. Now it's normal to become a little bit more relaxed. It's normal to take more breaks. That's all great to become more sustainable. But what is important that you're still learning, you're still growing, right? So this is the point that this is the time to continue to go deeper, now, I found this so useful, consistently expecting change, knowing things won't stay the same. I remember earlier this year and later last year when the social media algorithms were performing well. And I went all into creating content that I wanted to serve you and make a difference. And when the algorithms turned bad, when most people stop, I mean, they really went bad, right? Like I went from having all of this engagement, all these amazing comments and all of these views to getting less. I kept going. Why? Because I wanted to help people. But also I realized 
that all the hard work I'd put in would sustain me. And that's what I've realized, that life is like an algorithm. The algorithm will sometimes be in your favor and sometimes it won't. And you have a choice. When it's in your favor, you can go all in and work harder or you can get complacent. And if you get complacent when it's working for you, then guess what? When it doesn't work for you, it's going to be really, really hard. Right? So that's what you have to do. Work harder, think ahead, expect change when things are going well. Now, number three, this is probably something you're told a lot in the workplace. And it's often something that we hear so often that we don't even do it properly. And it's your network is your net worth. Right? In the workplace, as an entrepreneur, whatever it is, your relationships are the most important thing. And everyone will tell you that workplace is about what, not what you know, but who you know, but we really get to know people beyond our team and our manager. And it's so vital we spend time connecting and understanding other areas of the business, expanding our knowledge, and also becoming embedded into the larger organization. Now, I did this. I literally pretty much knew everyone in my company because I made an effort to reach out, have juices, have coffees with them. And these were not superficial reach outs, but people I genuinely wanted to connect with because of their background, something we had in common. And this is the benefit, and I think people forget this. The reason why we have stress in the workplace is we think we have no options. And when I say options, I mean inside and outside of the company. When you know that there's a demand for you inside and outside of the company because of your relationships, you reduce your stress because you now realize that you're not dependent. The point I was making earlier, the moment you feel you're dependent, your stress increases because now you think this one person and this one place is the only place I'll get work. But when you know there are other options and you've explored them, you feel much more confident. Now, number four, and I've alluded to it slightly, but I mean this so much, keep learning and make yourself more valuable. Do you need to learn cryptocurrency? Do you need to learn about virtual reality or augmented reality? What's happening in your industry? What are the conversations that are happening in your industry and parallel industries that could disrupt it? Are you aware of those conversations? This will also boost your confidence and reduce stress. See, when you can listen to a conversation and add more value based on your external reading or your external learning, or even if it's learning about how to coach people, how to lead people, it could be insights from this podcast that you could share in conversations, that's going to make you feel more valued. It's also going to make you more valuable. One of the reasons why we stress in the workplace is we fall behind in learning. We think that our degree was enough learning. We think that our job is enough. But actually, it's those of us that have consist continuous, consistent learning in our lives that makes all the difference. Tip number five. Focus then free method. This is the method I call the focus free method. And this is to overcome that two hours of distraction and being interrupted every seven minutes. You should create work chunks in around 60 to 90 minute bursts of focus and then have around 10 to 15 minutes free time. When you do that, you're building in the disruption, you're building in the distraction, and this is for your personal organization. Plan your work there, 60, 60 to 90 minute bursts of focus and then free. So focus-free method. How do you switch from being focused and then free, giving yourself space to decompress, to reflect, to process what you've been doing, and then go back into that work? This is a method I've used constantly in how I plan my days and how I function in my work. That focused effort lets you go deeper, quicker, and get more done effectively. And then you get to get a break to decompress, process, and reflect. 
Principle number six, we have to remove self-imposed stress. Again, going back to what you can control. You can't control someone else, but you can control self-imposed stress. If you think stress is bad, guess what? When you experience stress, which is natural, we automatically put ourselves into panic mode. But if you see stress as something that you can use positively, you can allow it to help you be focused and change its experience. Attitudes and perceptions towards stress actually change the way stress affects you. Your relationship with stress defines how stress affects you. If you see stress as bad and negative, your experience of it will be bad and negative. If your feeling towards stress is positive and that you can use and engage it and that it can make you focused and attentive, then that's what it will do. So for example, if your television set is stolen and you take the attitude, it's okay, my insurance company will pay for a new one, you'll be far less stressed than if you think, oh my God, my TV is gone, I'm never gonna get it back, how bad, what if the thieves come back to my house and steal again? Similarly, people who feel like they're doing a good job at work will feel less stressed out by a big upcoming project than those who worry that they're incompetent. You can use your stress to learn about something you don't know, or you can use your stress to make you feel terrible and drag you down low. It's your choice. It's your choice to decide your relationship with stress. You've got to look at stress as something that can boost you and be positive and that you can use and then know when to move that stress away at the weekend. You can't have a stressful work life and a stressful social life. You have to realize that everything goes in phases and needs to balance each other out and simplify. If you have a busy five days of work, plan a relaxing weekend. If you have a simplified five days of work, plan a wonderful weekend. Learn to live in that dynamic balance. And the seventh way successful people can stay calm in the workplace is breathe. Breathing is something I do throughout the day. And you may say, yeah, of course we all breathe, but I mean intentionally breathe. Breathing is linked to every major emotion. When you stress, your breathing changes. When you cry, your breathing changes. When you're happy, your breath changes. The best breath for calm in the workplace, and you can do this at your desk, in the back of a lift or an Uber, in a meeting, and no one will even notice because you don't have to close your eyes. Breathe in for a count of four and breathe out for a count of more than four. In your own time, at your own pace. Breathe in for a count of one, two, three, four, and breathe out for a count of more than four. One, two, three, four, five, six. No force, no pressure, in your own time, at your own pace. When you exhale for longer than you inhale and you elongate that exhale, you're relaxing and de-stressing your body. You can do this anywhere and at any time. I do it just before I walk onto stage when I'm about to give a presentation. I do it in the back of an Uber before a meeting. I do this at my desk while I'm typing. I can do this at any time. Use your breath as your partner to help you calm, relax, balance, find peace and ease. Don't underestimate your breath. It's connected to every one of your 
emotions. Those were the seven ways successful people stay calm at work and manage stress more effectively. I hope that you learned from this podcast. I hope that you're going to take just one of the insights for the next week and practice it at work and see how it changes your experience. Become an experimenter and have new experiences. Thank you so much for listening again today. Make sure you share the insights that you're taking away from the podcast on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. I'm so grateful that you're here. Recommend this podcast to a friend. And I can't wait for you to hear the next one. Take care, everyone. See you soon. Thank you so much for listening through to the end of that episode. I hope you're going to share this all across social media. Let people know that you're subscribed to On Purpose. Let me know. Post it. Tell me what a difference it's making in your life. I would love to see your thoughts. I can't wait for this incredibly conscious community we're creating of purposeful people. You're now a part of the tribe, a part of the squad. Thank you for being here. I can't wait to share the next episode with you.